Hello, I'm Jasmine Mary, and I'm here today to talk about my new album, Dog. Generally, we start these long players with a bit of reflection on earlier work. Your debut album came out back in 2021. Do you ever reflect on your past work when you're releasing a new album? I don't know if I do look back on like the, the record itself. We play the songs live a lot. I think a lot of people have asked me if this one is different. A lot of people have asked me how it's changed or if it's grown, and I don't feel like I have perspective on that yet because I made it. So it's kind of like having perspective on how you've changed over time. You can't really tell until you see an old photo or something. So I sort of feel like maybe once it's released and people start to tell me what they feel and think, then I'll start to maybe have a, a different perspective on that, yeah. Since the release of The Licking of a Tangerine, though, how do you think you've changed or grown since then? Has there been any significant personal changes for you? Hugely. Uh, in the last few years, well, yeah, be- just before I started making this record, I think during the release of the first record after the songs were made, uh, my best friend died. Um, so that was huge and life-changing. And since then I've also was a foster parent for a long time. So I became a parent and that hugely changed the way I see the world. And then just personal growth that happens without you realising, I think. I think I became more hopeful as well. Yeah. For the self we're Did you have any new approaches for this album, you know, different from the way that you created music in the past? I think so. Maybe like taking the things that are heavy or hard and trying to make them a little, uh, and again, I feel like people might listen to me say this and be <laughs> listen to me say that there's a different lightness for me and go, there's no lightness there. But for me, there is a bit more of a lightness and like a bit more of a transformation happening when I, when I play those songs. Um, and a, a different way of feeling anger as well in music, I think, is definitely, yeah. I see you in pieces Hound dog, flower power Hound dog, flower power Hound dog, flower power Hound dog, flower power Could you talk me through the timeline a bit? How long after the last album was it that you started on this one? 
oh, straight away. Or even, I mean, I think I would have been writing these songs when we were recording the other one. So I sort of don't really like stop and start it, sort of always writing songs um, whenever, and it all happens in different ways. And then when there's 10, I go, there's an album. So the theme is never like thought about or anything. It's just like, that's the last year or two. There it is, you know. If you think you might sink, think again. Cause music's at the end. You're never alone if you've got music. You're never alone and you can use it If you think you might sink Think again Cause music's at the What do you think are some of the biggest differences in the way this one came together in comparison to your debut? Yeah, well, with this record, I had the I had more time, so I think doing the first record was at Roundhead, so we had five days, nine songs, um, and like ten-hour days, and that's a lot, um, which was great for what it was, and I think that meant that a lot of decisions, you just had to make them and go. Whereas, because there was space between these things, especially on the ones working with Peter, we worked on them together for a long time doing like arrangements and stuff. So we had like Liz and Jayway come and do um, trumpet and flute and sax. And so we had a lot more time to do some of those arrangements. And then the same in the South Island, we were there for five days together. Um, so we were staying there. So there was nothing, there was nothing else. We were just going and making the music, eating together, drinking together, going to bed, going for walks. So it was like really immersive and we had the luxury of time and that I think changes a lot um, how you sing and speak and make decisions. It's, oh, it's always so many feelings in one, but the, the verses in this I'm talking about um, Jesus and wanting I am talking about him as if he's sort of this like really really problematic man this real ladies man and I've fallen for it um and he and he's saying that all his ex-lovers are you know they're all crazy and 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 he's wonderful and he's amazing and I'm just absolutely falling for it um was the sort of my way of telling a story over a, a feeling that I'm not willing to articulate in a more honest way and I think I was really pissed off. This I was really angry um, at the way we navigate supporting each other's heaviness. And I think, like, I'm singing about summertime, and summertime just felt like such an offence to me at the time because of what I was feeling. It just felt so cruel and rude that it was summer and I was sort of walking around and I kind of couldn't believe like everyone was acting like everything was normal. Um, yeah, it felt very fraudulent or something. I was just really pissed off. <laughs> always said I ought to smoke 
bed at dope and chill out Maybe get real close to Jesus So close it feels like I could kiss him and kiss him and kiss him All his ex-lovers are crazy He swears it's the
Rodeo was this one of the first songs, or like the second song I think I wrote after my friend Dan um, died, and he died from a heroin overdose, which is very intense, and I think maybe it's one of the most literal songs I've written, like in its lyrics, in that it's a bit more of a story, and that was just me trying to figure out how the fuck to swallow something like that, and coming to terms with my own relationship to my addiction now and what that looks like and grieving and honouring and hope and maybe trying to really like love and understand and find peace in that we all come from nowhere and we all go nowhere and that it's okay and the ugliness of that. And I think I sing about my mother not letting me go to the rodeo, which which did happen and it um and it was very 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 sad <laughs> I can understand why most of the time you sell me We've not been on the 
dragging asleep. like quite a departure from my other songs actually like I think I was quite surprised by how it came out and it's a real like it feels like a different voice of mine and a different I don't know it's a little bit sexy or something I know like I'm uncomfortable saying that but it kind of is um and yeah really really quite a different thing and that was a song that I sat down on my bed and it all just um came out and that was a little bit of a like like a stream of consciousness thing, which is always nice because it comes out and then you listen back to it and then you get to slowly learn. And I'm still learning about it. but And a lot of the songs are like that. You know, there's like little phrases that you can tie to like a time and a place. But that's why it sometimes feels quite reductive to talk about them in such a literal sense. And you're God and you dance and you sex. Everyone's getting down. And your colors, and your prey, and your drugs, and the sway, everyone's getting down. Everyone's getting down. Everyone's 
getting down one um was probably when I actually went away from the studio and worked on it at home a lot which was quite nice and the the yellow thing was after Dan died I um for a whole month I didn't know what to do with my grief and for an entire month I dyed all my clothes yellow and I I wore only yellow for 30 entire days everything my shoes my socks my underwear my clothes um as a sort of healing ritual and that was uh a ridiculous, but s- like somehow really, really wonderful and healing thing to do. Like it, it helped 
so much and I can't really explain how the act of that worked but like wearing that color on my body um and having that like outward acknowledgement really 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 helped um but that's not necessarily what the song's about I think I just mention it once in there or something and there's a thousand feelings swirling around um but my my favorite thing about uh that that song is the the saxophone which is Peter um which we just did he just did a bunch of improv so it's sort of like I sing a line and then he responds and then I sing a line and then he responds and I I just think it's really really beautiful um yeah in the time I asked you what
Taken Orange was the last song that I wrote off this album and I went with just the the vocals and the piano that I play and it was one of the only times we went and recorded at night time and it was Matariki actually and there's just something fucking magic about it um, and I think this song has a real feeling of um, death to me and not in the literal context that I've been talking about it with other songs in loss and grief but like a, a death of self um, and a bit of a love letter to myself acknowledging acknowledging the magic of navigating all of this r- ridiculous space um, and giving myself permission to to breathe through that and it felt so beautiful to do because Courtney and Peter and Dave came in and, and all of that was done live um, and we just we just went like seven times, I think, or, or five, or whatever it was. And we just went and went and went and went. And then on the last one, which is the one on the record, we all stopped for like, well, it felt like eternity, but like for a few minutes and we're just in complete silence. And then it was like, oh, that's it. That's the one.
The rain 